the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, it is Thursday, and uh, there's a lot happening today. Now, there's no COVID briefing. That's going to happen tomorrow. There is a briefing that we're going to cover a little bit later uh, that has to do with a situation that is really spiraling out of control. It's the problem with the ATVs, these off-terrain vehicles, uh, that uh, all-terrain, off-terrain, well, all-terrain vehicles. Listen, they're not supposed to be on the roads, and they're they're creating a major problem, primarily in Providence and Cranston, but it's spilling into Cranston. And... Cranston had a press briefing last week. They said they're not going to allow them. Zero tolerance. Providence is going to respond today. Uh, It's very simple. You can't have these vehicles on the road. They don't follow the rules. They're not supposed to be on the roadways. And Mayor Lors is going to have to walk back his plans where he was saying, well, you know, we just need to try to work with them. You can't work with them. These vehicles don't belong. They do a lot of damage. They're unaccountable and they need to be removed. But I want to touch on this situation with Zimbrano Hospital that... You know, it's been in the news, and I know some some uh, local elected officials are saying, well, we need to save Zamborano and blah, blah, and all this other stuff and economic engine in the north part of the state and so forth. Folks, if you read the story, and I want to give Channel 12 credit for diving in, uh, I, I don't know exactly where Zamborano Hospital went off the track, but it needs to be closed because it's it's and people need to be fired. Do you know the 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 estimated cost of running Eleanor Slater Hospital is five hundred and fifty? Excuse me, the the cost of running Eleanor Slater five hundred and fifty thousand. So, you know, the, this focus that's five times five times the average cost of services provided in nursing facilities, community based placements. So, this whole story that you've been hearing about with the uh, Eleanor Slater Hospital, and then there's you know, talk regarding Zamborano. Uh, I mean, something has to be done. So Elena Slater, that provides psychiatric services, uh, the Cranston. A big part of this uh, comes into the roles that the unions play. And and on top of that, I mean, it just, I don't understand. Maybe this was going on in the backdrop with the pandemic and a lot of things that they were able to just uh, look past it. But this business that apparently no patients leave Zamborano and, and it's one of those things that normally I don't know that much about. And I think, you know, it's not in the news a lot. So kind of wouldn't get into it a little bit, but when you, when you start to see the numbers that they're throwing around and that they brought in a consultant that showed that, that you, the state would save 788 million by just discharging individuals and downsizing the, physical footprint. This is one of those examples where obviously the private sector would not operate this way, but the state's on the hook for it and money is just flying out. So I know that there's a number of people that have spoken out about the situation, Zamborano and Boroughville and uh, they, you know, and they're Republican reps, but trying to draw attention to it. But the amount of money that is just flying out, listen, you know, people could all say all our Veterans need proper care, and all of our those that have uh, some challenges uh, with their mental uh, state of health, they need all the support they can get. But but at what cost? They are just like f- just absolutely like flying, burning through money here. And for all these people to say, "How dare you turn your back?" and you can't have a system. Can you when you think about the average cost is five hundred and fifty thousand per patient. Now, at the ACI, at Walpole Prison, one prisoner for a year at Walpole in Massachusetts costs the state of Massachusetts about $60,000. The same prisoner at the ACI is about $175,000. A patient, according to Channel 12 now, you think about that, um, one of the patients at Elena Slater, the cost of hospital operations and services Five hundred fifty thousand per patient, and it's because of the sudden elimination of federal support for Elena Slater. 
I mean, that the, you, you can't operate that way. I, that, that, think about that. That's, that's absolute insanity. 550,000 per patient. What, what's a regular person call, that? No, that's abuse. I'm going to guess it has to do with union contracts and staffing and overtime. And I, I, th that, that is just absolutely insane. Something needs to be done about it. We're going to talk with the attorney, Tim Dodd. We're going to cover the latest with the ATD thing. It's also a big night. President Biden is finally going to address the nation. There have been people calling for it. You know, at this point, no president has ever gone this long. And, and I, I'm going to repeat what, what I've said in the past. And it just, I, I'm not convinced that he's even capable uh, of doing a, a press briefing. We're going to find out. Uh, but when you think about it, he, he stumbles very easily. Even, you know, tonight he's going to address the nation. They're going to practice it, rehearse it. But right now you're talking about a president that it, it does call into question who exactly is running the government, who's running the country, because President Biden, he, he just seems rather limited in his scope of carrying out some of his responsibilities. So, all right, big program. It's Thursday, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com we're in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me, one of Rhode Island's top uh, legal attorneys. He's uh, our legal expert, attorney Jim Dodd. And, Tim, I want to start off. This is uh, obviously highly much anticipated. Uh, the entire world was rocked last Memorial Day weekend. 
where you had the situation with George Floyd in Minneapolis, and now the lead officer who was seen <clears throat> kneeling on his neck, Derek Chauvin. They have uh, started jury selection. It is certainly going to be a slow process. Uh, but this is a, a there's a lot of battles already in legal jockeying going back and forth with even just on the charges. So we're going to cover extensively. Let's start off with the Chauvin trial. Yes, this is going to be a lot of inside baseball legal maneuvering by the prosecution and the defense. Um, they've got the the trial judge kind of scratching his head. Uh, there's appellate issues before they've even put a jury in the box. Um, the main issue is at one time, it, originally, well, let's start again. Originally, uh, Officer Chauvin had been charged with manslaughter and third degree murder because of a hue and cry from the public. A charge of second degree murder was added. Subsequently, the third-degree murder charge was dropped, and now it's about to be reinstated. The uh, appellate court in Minnesota has left it up to the trial judge to determine whether the third-degree murder charge is in or isn't. Just for a little clarification, John, this is not a first-degree murder, but just by way of comparison, first-degree murder um, is obviously the most serious type of murder. It typically warrants up to life in prison. And the main characteristic of first-degree murder is premeditation. Sure. It's not an act of um, emotional response. It was pre-planned. Yep. Right. Second-degree murder um, is more normally considered like a crime of passion. You You come home and you find your significant right. other with somebody else, yep. you get angry, you hit him with a baseball bat and kill him. That's second degree murder. Manslaughter would be a subset of second degree murder. In Minnesota, the third degree murder charge becomes most interesting. Hmm. Um, all you need there is to show that the defendant acted in a way that was obviously dangerous and subjected others to danger. That's an easier standard than second-degree murder or right. manslaughter. So both the prosecution and the defense have concerns about the third-degree murder charge. The prosecution wants to get this cop for second-degree murder if they can. There's yeah. a public out there that's looking for justice. They're not going to be satisfied with anything but a second-degree murder conviction, which is not a sure thing here. And the third-degree murder charge gives the jury the possibility to say, well, we've got to, we've got to find him guilty of something. Let's, let's right. get him on third degree. Yep. If it's only third degree, the uh, criminal sentencing goes way down. The guy could be out of jail if he's sentenced in maybe eight years, ten years. Um, not the lengthy prison sentence that um, you know his opponents are looking for and demanding. By the same token, the defense looks at this and says, based upon the facts as we know them and facts that we think the public doesn't generally know quite yet, but we will be developing during trial, we don't think it's reasonable that this guy is going to get convicted of a second-degree murder charge. We don't think it's reasonable based upon the facts. If you look at what the law requires the state to prove that they're going to get him for manslaughter, but uh oh, third degree murder is such an easy case to prove right. from an evidence standpoint. Again, the jury might default and say, well, we got to get this guy for something. Let's get him for third degree murder. If the third degree murder choice was not available, the jury might be more likely to acquit. If the third wow. degree is there, they're more likely to get him on something. Mm. So from both sides of the um, trial, they have concerns about the third degree. Um, but rather than this thing playing out through the appellate courts, it's been bounced back between the appellate court, the kicking it back to the trial judge, it almost ensures, John, that this trial is going to, from the outset, 
have reversible error in there. Sure. Because how do you do your voir dire? What do you prepare the jury for? What do right. you tell them they're going to hear? What do yeah. you tell them about, you know, the, the charges that this guy has before him? If you're on the jury, you don't even know what the charges are that you're going to be considering. Um, mm. So the prosecution has an appellate issue before they've put one juror in the box, as does the defense. Um, if I was the defense attorney on this, you know, you, you're kind of on the horns of a dilemma. Well, if I, yeah. if I press to keep third degree in, well, if my guy gets hit, maybe he'll only get hit on that lesser charge. But if I think I can get him off on the more serious charges, this charge might be out there that the jury hangs their hat on that and punishes oh. this guy in some way. It's a, it's right. a terrible dilemma for both sides. And I'm not quite sure that the trial judge, of course, he might have done it in the last couple of hours at the end of the day. I'm not sure that um, a decision will be made on that before the voir dire is completed. They are seating jurors. They're doing their job, both the defense and the prosecution, um, which then kind of dovetails into another facet of this case, which is an appellate issue for sure for the defense, depending on how the trial goes. I, I believe that the defense made a motion for a change of venue. Yep. And it was denied. And as jurors are being interviewed, um, this is a case where the jurors received a multiple page questionnaire. And based upon their responses, it, it kind of informs the prosecution and the defense whether they should try to knock a particular juror off based upon bias. But you're, you're, you're in Minneapolis, the greater Minneapolis area. There's been saturation coverage of this crime, of this death, and of the conduct right. of these cops. And it's all there in the most dreadful video you could watch. Mm. If they moved it elsewhere, would there be a better chance to get people who are not so familiar with this case? I, I think if you've got a television and you watch the news in the last year, you've seen this video on TV. Oh, yeah. So is it a fool's errand to even try to change the venue? Um, mm. The judge said, no, we're not changing it. I think that as we see what the jurors are um, telling the court and telling the lawyers um, and expressing the fact that they've got biases about this case, it may well be that a change of venue should have been um, granted. The defense, if this thing goes wrong for them, will certainly have a potent appellate issue on that uh, change of venue question. Um, the other interesting thing with this, um, as the case develops, it's going to be a battle of experts. I mean, yes. as, as we've seen with many other cases where there's a video, yep. what you think the video shows is not the entire story. We can, right. we can all see with our eyes that this cop was kneeling on the neck of um, George Floyd. We all know that George Floyd died as a result, which makes you now look at that and think what a horrible act that was perpetrated against George Floyd by this cop. Especially when um, one of the other cops said, you know, do you think we should let up and maybe put him in the cruiser now? Right. Chauvin says, no, no, no. So the other cops seem to recognize that there was a, a problem going on. And for whatever reason, Chauvin refused to take his knee off of Mr. Floyd's neck. The real question becomes, was that conduct by that cop the precipitating cause of Floyd's death? Right. The defense is going to scream every day as loud as they can that Mr. Floyd had a lethal or potentially lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. That's right. Yes. So was he would let's assume they had this stuck him in the back of the cruiser and never right. put a knee on his neck. 
was he doomed to die from an overdose of fentanyl, no matter what happened. Right. There's going to be battles of medical experts. There's going to be the, um, the autopsy, which was done by the state. I believe that the judges decided that the autopsy, which was privately performed subsequently by the family, well, I don't think that's going to be getting into evidence. I believe there's been a preliminary ruling on that autopsy. But you're going to have battling experts looking at the autopsy that was performed and providing opinions on whether the act of that cop was the precipitating cause of death. Mm. Now, the defense has to put doubt in the minds of the jurors. Right. So you look at that video and your eyes say that cop was doing something dreadful to Mr. Floyd. Unless the experts can make you doubt what you're seeing on that video, that in right. fact the drugs would have killed him no matter what the cop did. Yes. There's also going to be a battle of experts, just like we've seen locally um, in the 6th District Court case. They bring in experts uh, in terms of police procedures in the appropriate way to subdue a suspect. Um, You can always find an expert for something. I believe that the method that Chauvin was using was not an approved tactic um, by the Minneapolis Police Department. But mm. experts can differ and experts can say pretty much anything that you hire an expert to say. So you right. know there's going to be competing experts on the method of subduing a suspect that was used in this case. And again, mm. the defense has to sh- put doubt, reasonable doubt, in the minds of the jurors they're never going to prove that this guy, this cop wasn't kneeling on Floyd's neck. They're never going to show that Floyd didn't die. The question is, did this conduct cause the death? And was the conduct of this cop in subduing Floyd an authorized, reasonable police procedure? This case is not necessarily a sure thing for the prosecution, no, definitely not. Um, Tim, 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 hold that thought just for a moment. We're going to take a quick break. For folks, a lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd is with us right here on the John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401 351 7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401 351 7600. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. 
www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today. 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd, our legal expert, about the upcoming now. It's the Derek Chauvin. He was the lead officer in the George Floyd death that happened last May. Tim, I believe we got the body camera footage. You know, first, we, when everyone saw it on Memorial Day weekend and then the weeks after that led to all the riots, obviously it looked terrible. But then since then, some of the footage we got, it would appear that George Floyd was, uh, you know, seemingly overdosed on fentanyl, but that he was in distress in the back of the car, where in the back of the car, he started saying, I can't breathe. And so, I I, I mean, it would seem that the, the real battle is right now, because if if the prosecutors can't get where they have a Minneapolis third degree murder in, if you have the choice of it's either second degree murder or acquittal, I, I, just based on the footage we've seen and then how the autopsy came out, I, I, don't, I don't know if they got him. I, I think they're going to have a very difficult time trying to convict this police officer of second degree murder based on what we've learned after the fact. And, and that's where the issue of um, potential jury bias weighs heavily yes. in this case. I've had jury trials where, you know, if the jurors all the judge will say, do you agree that you keep an open mind? Oh, yes, yes. And you agree you yeah. won't read about this in the newspaper? Oh, yes, yes. And you won't go to the scene? Oh, yes, of course. And then, you know, you, you learn during the course of the trial that jurors are talking. They're at the scene of where, let's say it's an accident or a, or a crime scene. Um, some people want to get on the jury and some people will right. tell the lawyers and the judge what they want to hear so they can get on the jury either to find the officer not guilty or to make sure that he is found guilty. I mean, mm. you're kind of going based upon the credibility of what the people are answering, but that's no guarantee right. they're telling the truth to the lawyers and to the judge um, selecting a jury is an awfully tricky process. I don't know if they're using jury mm. consultants on this case to try to vet in advance which jurors may be helpful or harmful to your case. Um, for instance, in the OJ case, famously, they used a jury consultant um, yes. to make sure that they had a better likelihood of getting sympathetic jurors to their position. Um, there's been no reporting about that. It seems to me this is a case where it cries out for a little jury consulting work. But um, yeah, it's um, Tim Dobb. What about during some of the questioning of the jury? They they asked what their thoughts were about Black Lives Matter. What's your read on hearing that they're questioning the juries? When you hear about Black Lives Matter, what you know? What are your thought process well, with that? Well, I I think it's a legitimate area of inquiry. I mean, you could ask 10 people what they think Black Lives Matter is all about. Um, 
from some perspectives, it's, you know, to bring attention to the disparate treatment minorities receive at the hands of police officers. Others would say that it's a movement which, as part of its mission, is to defund the police, to limit the number of police officers, to get them off the street. You know, um, an animus towards the current composition of police forces around the country. Um, And I think that the attitude of jurors towards the Black Lives Matter movement is significant in trying to glean if they can be fair and keep an open mind. If a juror says, I think Black Lives Matter is great, that informs the lawyers of something. If a juror says, I think Black Lives Matter... um, um, you know, instigate a lot of trouble yes, or they're it, way off forms, or something like that. Forms of something different. Part of the questionnaire is, you know, what is your attitude towards the police? And some people are saying, I think yeah. the police are great. They protect us. Um, and some people put down something otherwise that, you know, they have negative thoughts about the police. Um, it, it's a tricky wicket to try to glean the attitudes of all of these various jurors. Um, it, but, 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 the, but people that haven't sat in uh, jury selection, I, I've been fortunate enough um, that I have done it a couple of times. And Tim, one of the first cases I had, it was, it was actually, it was a federal case. And when they were questioning the jurors, one of the, the guys had been a veteran, he was a veteran, but he had been dishonorably discharged. And they, the, uh, the prosecutors immediately got rid of him. And then during one of the breaks, I, I asked about that. He said, are you kidding? The people like that. And and I think this they hold tremendous resentment towards the government. They were never going to get a guilty conviction out of, out of somebody like that. So that that's, I think, just an example. Uh, and again, I think we could speculate, for instance, if someone attended some of the protests, if someone had some kind of an altercation with police, uh, if someone had maybe been you know, uh, beaten by the police. These are, those are not the type of people you want sitting on the jury if you're Derek Chauvin and the defense team. No, of course not. And, you know, jury selection is always, there's no real science to it. You go with your gut, you go with your instincts. Sometimes, you know, you get it right. Sometimes you don't. Um, It's hard to judge. I mean, I've had jury trials and spoken to, let's say, family members who I think might be conservative uh, on a topic. And when you tell them the facts and ask what they think, they have an opinion completely different than what you would have predicted they would come out with. So Hmm. you can't read people's minds and you don't know how people will react to evidence. And the only thing that's certain in a trial that the trial never goes the way the lawyers think it's going to go. There's always bumps in the road, U-turns, unexpected testimony, unexpected things that come up during trial. Um, witnesses perform and in, in testify in a way that you didn't really anticipate. They, things change. It's, you know, you really have to um, go with the flow and modify what you're doing um, as the case progresses. And that's certainly going to happen in this case. It does in every single one. And Tim Dodd, before we move on, but I mean, they're already protesting out of Minneapolis. And as much as, you know, people may forget because obviously the protests last summer in New New York and Providence and Atlanta, but Minneapolis, I mean, they, they burned the police station down. They went inside the police station and burned the police station down. Um, And and John, to to that point, I mean, there's already protests and, You know, we can sit here and chew over the the pluses and minuses of the prosecution's case and of the defense case. Um, I think it's important that the the public out there protesting and the the public generally um, should be informed or better informed. You know, hey folks, this is a real horse race. This is not a sure thing. We're not just no. we're not. not just lining this guy up for a prison cell. These are the issues in this case, because if they don't get a second degree murder conviction, um, I I think it's going to be a very um, unpleasant scene out there. Oh, everywhere. Tim Dodd, let's face it. I mean, if, if somebody gets on the stand and says with the amount of fentanyl, I mean, the working theory is 
he ingested the rest of the fentanyl he had as the police were approaching the vehicle. The whole thing is tragic. He immediately went into, you know, he was having, he was in distress, basically. They were certainly insensitive or could have been more sensitive or, or perhaps they were asking him, you know, is he on drugs? They were saying he's on drugs. They certainly thought that and that he seemingly, you know, there could be testimony that it didn't matter if Chauvin had his knee on his neck or if Chauvin was driving him to the hospital yeah. with the amount of fentanyl this man ingested. He was, you know, his his moments were were ticking down. If that happens and then they don't get him on the second degree and there is no third degree, I mean, let, let's face it. We, we all live through what happened with the Rodney King verdict. Yes. And one thing to your point is the defense has been pitching to this trial judge that George Floyd's M.O., if you will, in his previous arrests was to swallow the drugs that he had on his person. Um, yep. The judge is not necessarily going to let that into evidence that this was what George mm. did whenever he got arrested. If he had drugs on him, he'd just swallow them. Um, maybe he did, maybe he didn't hear. Um, but that's going to be a real dogfight between the prosecutors and the defense to try to convince the judge as to how far he lets the defense go on that issue. The further defense gets with it, the better for the defense. Yeah. Folks, we're going to take a quick, again, and I also just want to remind the listeners, we will have full coverage of this Chauvin trial. We'll talk to Tim frequently. Uh, this seems like it's going to go on for quite some time, and the real battle here cannot be taken lightly. If, if I'm the, the defense team for Derek Chauvin, Officer Chauvin, I, I think the battle is right now, if they can fight to keep that, third degree out and say you want to convict him you to, to convict him a second degree uh this is where the the battle could be fought folks we're going to take a quick break a lot more attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show mega truck and trailer repair call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 for mega 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 truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs brakes doors listen if it's on a trailer mega truck and trailer repair they can repair it call them today 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 it's mega truck and trailer repair if you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about 
your health and staying healthy in children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie and It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dot. Tim, a couple of the other uh, legal stories that are in the news. One is we had covered the story, two neighbors in, in uh, Barrington, and one of them happened to be a uh, retired, I believe a retired doctor. But anyhow, he has words, uh, uses some slurs against his neighbor who happened to actually be, uh, I think, from Pakistan or India. Well, anyhow, initially, they did not get him on the hate crime. But the headline is that the Barrington surgeon appeals the conviction of the assault. And now the the attorney general, they are going to seek the, the hate crime sentence. What can you tell us about this? I, I, I don't know if this uh, retired doctor should have just taken the hit and, yeah. uh, you know, faded into the background. Um, when a district court um, verdict is appealed to the superior court, you get what we call a trial de novo, brand new trial. It's like the district court trial never happened. So both sides oh get boy. to do it all over again. So this gives the um, prosecution another bite at the apple to try to prove, um, number one, that the assault occurred, and number two, that the assault was the subject of a hate crime. And as we talked about, John, at the time that um, this doctor was awaiting sentencing, Rhode Island has a specific hate crime sentencing statute that if it's determined that the crime that was committed, the defendant selected the person to commit the crime against because of that per because the defendant had a certain hatred or animus to the person's race, religion, country of origin, things of that nature, um, then it can be shown potentially, if it is shown that it's a hate crime under that standard, then in addition to anything else, the court must impose a prison sentence of not less than 30 days, not more than a year for a misdemeanor, and it can't be suspended. So if the judge says, I find this to be a hate crime, I'm sentencing you to 90 days at the ACI, you go to the ACI for 90 days. They can't give you home confinement. Oh. They can't suspend it. You go off to the can and you do your time. Now, I'm not sure this is a hate crime. Clearly, this doctor said some scurrilous things about his neighbor. Uh, about right. his religion, about his country of origin. Terrible, terrible, unforgivable, indefensible things. But my understanding is that before this um, neighbor, it's, I, they're both doctors, they're of Iranian ancestry. Yes. The fight is regarding some things between the neighbors. Property line. And, yeah. Property right, line. the property line. And this doctor had been beefing with the previous neighbor, so let's right. assume the previous neighbor was, for instance, a white couple. And he was always beefing with them about the property line. And now it just so happens that it's a couple from Iran. And maybe he doesn't like their country of origin or the religion they practice. But since he was beefing with his previous neighbor and now beefing with these people, it's not like he singled them out. For this conduct because of their religion and their country of origin it's right. because of a property line so that's yeah and it says the next door neighbor it's not like some guy down right. the if street a couple or, of guys you know. are walking down prov in the streets in providence at night and said let's take a baseball bat to the first person of blank whatever you want to describe right that's a hate crime that's they're right. targeting somebody yeah. for um violence let's say or to be assaulted or to be robbed or something else criminal to befall this person of a particular class, be it their sex, their sexual orientation, their race, their religion. Right. But 
But Tim Dodd, he's rolling the dice, giving the AG another shot. At yeah, the I don't know that I would have done that. I think I would have just yeah. taken the hit because he's never going to get away from the assault. That's on video. No. It's pretty clear. Yeah. So he gets whacked on the assault charge. He gets a year probation. Um, he avoids the hate crime. I, I don't think there's much upside in him trying to do it again no. in Superior Court. Trying to get that knocked I wouldn't down. do it. Yeah. As, never mind as an older man. What about this story, the FBI arresting the Massachusetts uh, MAGA rioter who was seen punching police officer? Boy, Tim Dodd, here are what is from January 6th. God, it's two months later. They're still rounding them up. Well, and we talked about this right after the riot. He said, you know, do you think these yeah. people are going to get a pass? And I said, it's not like the summer rioters who were basically no. given a pass for burning down cities and, you know, wholesale robbery um, and of, of high-end um, stores and destroying businesses. Those folks are all on video. and In most cases, nothing much happened. But in this case, because of who the perpetrators were and who they allegedly supported, uh, you know, the, the federal government is going through every video they can find with a fine-tooth comb um, to go after as many of these folks as they can. Um, and again, if this guy is on video um, assaulting a cop or assaulting another protester, and they've got him, and they want to prosecute him, that's fine. Um, it just seems like there's <clears throat> not the same level of scrutiny or the same zealousness to prosecute no. um, what happened over the summer versus what happened back in January. Neither is right. Neither is defensible. But um, certainly there's, it appears to be different standards being applied to who they want to go after. I mean, out in um, mm. Oregon, they were trying to burn down a federal court. That's a federal building. Yeah. The Capitol's That's a federal right. building. The Capitol might be a yeah. more important federal building, but it's the same type of crime, and nothing happened much um, with what was going on out there. Um, no. Totally different when you contrast it to what's happening to the um, protesters who breached the Capitol. Yeah, and they're still trying to find uh, the the man that apparently planted two pipe bombs, one at the RNC and the DNC the night before. They released the video last night to try to – it's a certain particular walk, and they were even saying if someone you know is, uh, is particularly really interested in the case or been talking about or acting on since then, please contact them. Tim Dodd, we had first heard about – well, not first, but uh, Kevin Hanrahan, his uh, murder at the Arch – came up uh just a couple of years ago and I, I was just wondering if you remember the case i was living uh out of town at the time but this case of uh someone who's kind of a uh known mob associate howard farini i guess he was a professional gambler uh his body was found decomposing in his blue cadillac and uh logan plastic bag around his head they say that they have found dna that that they have hanrahan but it's still unsolved, apparently, because they're saying that they believe that there were two people that, uh, that you know, that basically murdered this this gambler. Uh, do you remember that case at all or anything uh, stick out to you on this case? This gentleman who um, was murdered and thrown into the trunk of the car. Now, I don't remember yeah. his story specifically. Obviously, Kevin Hanrahan okay. is legendary for yeah. for better or for worse and, in, in federal yeah. in Federal Hill and in Providence generally. But we talked about last week um, a guy who was getting charged with first degree murder because the DNA that was preserved from a crime thirty right. years ago they got his DNA from a yes. coke can and Bing they got him. That's so right. Kevin Hanrahan happens to be deceased. But were he still alive, he'd be in the same boat because 30 years ago, they didn't have the enhanced ability to capture fingerprints from a trash bag. Right. Um, that evidence was preserved. And just like the guy with the Coke can last week in this case, which finds prints from Kevin Hanrahan, a lot of police departments around the country are going into their cold file cases cases which were not provable based upon the available science 30 years ago, 
they're looking at all those cases again because the improvements with um, DNA um, and other um, investigative techniques like enhanced fingerprinting um, is making some of these cold cases something that could become active again. Um, so, you know, if somebody's gotten away with it for 30 years and said, I'm golden, they're never going to catch me. Uh, well, not so fast because a lot of these old cases can be resurrected with the new science that's available. Now, did, did the yep. guy that got uh, murdered in this case, if Hanrahan was at the scene, and apparently he was, the speculation is that the guy that got killed was a rather large person, and it would have taken reasonably two individuals at, at least to pick him up and get him in the trunk, um, which would imply that there was an accomplice. Um, if there's right. no physical evidence which would identify either through DNA or prints or anything of that nature, um, a potential second accomplice, well, if there was an accomplice, they might well get away with it. But um, these these cases are popping up all the time where they're solving 30, 25-year-old, 30-year-old crimes based upon the science. It's pretty cool. Mm. And and not only that, but the car being left at Logan. Now, today, they would have, I would think, security cameras showing the footage of the car entering whatever was parking garage or outside. And and uh, you didn't have them back when they, uh, somebody left the car there. So either somebody followed them or the two people perhaps went on a flight. No, it's, 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 Folks, today's day leave. and age, John, with, with cameras, any crime that's committed anywhere, I mean, look at, look at yeah. the uh, marathon bombing. That was all solved because right. all the stores, not so much um, the, the, the city of Boston or law enforcement, but just shop owners and citizens having their stores yeah. with cameras. Um, if you're going to commit a crime and you think no one's looking and no one's watching, you better think mm -hmm. twice because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Folks, he's our uh, legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. We will follow the show. Of the Thanks, trial. John. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 6028-439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com.